0: EO Fire, 1196. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Are you looking for an all-in-one podcasting solution? Visit podcastwebsites.com and schedule a chat to see why podcast websites is for you. Ignite. Wish you could just file simple federal and state returns for free? With Tax Act, you can. If your deal is getting the best deal, visit taxact.com slash fire. You got this. Fire Nation in the house. JLD here, and I am fired up. To bring you our featured guest today, James Clear. James, are you prepared to ignite
1: I'm ready. Let's do it. Yes.
0: James writes about behavioral psychology and habit formation at jamesclear. dot com. More than two hundred and twenty thousand people receive his weekly email newsletter, and I have no doubt that number is much bigger now. And James, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro, and give us just a little glimpse in your personal life.
1: Sure. Thanks so much for having me on, man. It's great, yeah. to, great to be here. I. Uh, I write about behavior change and habit formation, basically how to improve your mental and physical performance. Uh, I was interested from a personal level as an entrepreneur. I also do weightlifting. I played baseball through college and then uh, compete in Olympic weightlifting now. So I was interested, uh, you know, on a health and fitness level. And then also as a photographer. Uh, So I've done photography work in over 20 countries and I also do my writing each week. So, you know, artistry and craftsmanship and creative habits are important to me as well. So I'd say that those are probably the three main areas where I think about habits and behavior change, you know, entrepreneurship and work, so productivity habits, um, health and fitness and wellness habits, and then creativity and craftsmanship and creative habits. And hopefully, uh, the stories that I share and the research that I write about each week provide some practical examples for people to take those concepts and apply them to their own lives and their own goals.
0: Well, James, I can tell you without a doubt that when I was Trying to come up with my 33 dream list for these 33 interviews and, you know, going over the 1200 guests that I've now had on EO Fire. I mean, your name rose right to the top because, and I say this in 100% honesty and truth. I'm not just buttering the toast here, Fire Nation. There's really only one newsletter that I look forward to every single week. So I'm sorry if I'm on your newsletter and you're listening and you know, I, I might like your newsletter, but there's only one that I really look forward to and that is James Clear's newsletter. So if you're not on James's email list, you have to go to jamesclear.com. There's a reason why now way over 200,000 people receive his weekly email newsletter because everyone is such high quality. You're gonna walk away with Golden Gems Galore. And I've actually read them, James, and I'm be like, I'm going to boomerang this till tomorrow as well so I can read it again. I just kind of keep doing that sometimes because it's such great messages. But listen, enough of that. Fire Nation, you've heard James on EO Fire episode 17. He was also on episode 113. And here we are at 1196 to talk about goals with you. So James, you're Mr. Habit himself. You have a lot of great stuff going on, but why are goals important to you as an entrepreneur?
1: Sure. So, well, first of all, thank you for all the kind words. Yeah. That's great to have you reading. So Um, true. So. As far as goals go, I think the single most important thing that goals provide are direction and vision. Uh, often we're unclear about the things that we want to work on in our lives or we have competing interests where we say, oh, yeah, I'd like to learn a new language and I'd like to build a business and I'd like to write a book. And, you know, I have all these different you know projects and goals that, I, that you want to work on. And when you're not ruthlessly uh, when you don't ruthlessly eliminate the good uses of your time, it's really hard to have great uses of your time. And so by choosing very select and specific goals, you clarify that vision and that sense of direction, and then it becomes about the systems and the process and the habits that you, you know, perform on a daily basis. But the goals are there to help provide some of that vision and direction.
0: I love that you use the word selective in specific because, you know, when I had this vision back in early 2015 for the Freedom Journal, like I said, like, what is the... One big thing that entrepreneurs get wrong when they set goals, and it's definitely those two things, selective and specific, but when they set goals, they're just also not that third S word, which is smart about it. And there's a great acronym for smart goals, which is specific measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. So James, these are all very important in and of themselves, and they're part of the recipe for success for sure. But which one jumps out at you? Which one could you kind of expound upon for Fire Nation today?
1: Yeah, I thought about it a little bit. I, I think of those five, I find measurable to me the most important of the five, and I'll tell you why. And I think that it, it feeds into the choices and behaviors that we make on a, a consistent basis and the habits that we build. So let me give you a couple examples. Um, if you're driving down the road and you go past one of those, your speed is signs where you, you, know, <laughs> you go down and you're going, mine's you
0: know, always flashing by the way. I don't know right. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: so, so it's a 35 mile an hour zone. You're going 42 miles an hour. And when you see that speed there, that's a measurement device, right? It, it tells you what you're what you're doing. But what happens is that that measurement becomes the feedback loop and the trigger that drives your next behavior, mm. which is to slow down. And research has shown us that those your speed signs decrease uh, the speed of the driver on average by about 10 percent, that it sticks with the drivers for miles down the road. And even if you were to come across one of those, your speed signs again in three months or six months, it works again. You don't get fatigued by it. So my point here is that measurement is the essential component of a feedback loop and feedback loops have been proven to drive our behavior and improve habits on average by about 10%, not just for driving down the road and reducing speed, but in many other areas of life as well. So here's another example. Um, Say you take a prescription medication, there's this little cap, it's called the glow cap, and it goes on top of the bottle, and let's say you're supposed to take your pill at 8 a.m. each morning. If it gets to be 8 a.m. and you haven't taken your medication, the cap will start to glow a little bit to try to catch your eye. Then if you still haven't taken your medication at like 810, it'll start to pulse, you know, and be more, uh, be more visible. And then if you get to like 815, you haven't taken it, then you get a text message on your phone or an email sent to your email. Okay, so again, this is a type of measurement device. Have you opened the pill or not? So it's measuring your action and then providing some level of feedback to your uh, your behavior. And the point here is not that we need technology like a glow cap or like a your speed sign to deliver some kind of feedback. But just that we need a measurement device so that our next action that can be based off of what's actually happening in our lives rather than based on some dream or some, you know, out there uh, vision that you have about what you'd like to achieve. Your next choice and your next behavior is based on where you're actually at, but it's still driving you forward. And imagine if you did that every day. So I'll give you an example from my own life. Um. I work out pretty consistently. And so whenever I go to the gym, I have a little moleskin notebook where I write down the sets, reps, and weight that I do each day. Well, there's nothing really that amazing about that tracking device or that measurement device, but it acts as a trigger for my next workout. If I go in and I know that I squatted a certain amount of weight in the workout on Monday, when I show up on Wednesday, I'm going to do that amount of weight plus five pounds um, or whatever it is or plus three reps. You can take your pick, right? Whatever, however you want to improve. But the measurement, becomes the trigger for the next action. Mm. And so that's why I think it's the most important of those five.
0: Fire Nation, you can see why I subscribe to JamesClear.com and why I recommend it. I mean, this guy is just a treasure trove of value bombs. And we actually have something pretty cool we're going to be sharing with you coming up about what James has in his future. But first, James, I want to go a little bit more towards your past because... You have been a person who's been setting and accomplishing goals for a long time. I mean, back in episode 17, I actually pulled it up right before the interview. You were passive panda and mm. episode 1013, your life had shifted. Now, of course, that was over a thousand days later. So, you know, obviously life had changed a little bit. And now here we are and you have other things going on that we talked briefly about in the pre interview chat. What exactly would you say is a story that you want to share with us Fire Nation about a time that you set and accomplished a goal? Can you expound upon that?
1: Sure, I'll take uh, I'll take one from my business and I'll say uh getting my first 10,000 subscribers oh, at cool. ther.com. Um That was that was the number, especially when I started three years ago. Um, That was the number that I thought, oh, once you get there, you'll have made it uh, or you'll have like you'll have a big enough audience. You can just have a successful business or whatever. So it was a really big number in my mind. um, And it was, you know, something I had never done before. So I was I was interested in uh, reaching that particular level. So that was definitely a goal for me.
0: Now, when I look at you with over 200,000 email subscribers and growing every day, I mean, what's the actual up to date number right now?
1: Yeah, it's like 225, something like that.
0: 225,000 extra subscribers. You know, it started with you saying, hey, I'm going to set that first goal of 10,000, and that was like your initial focus. Now, that's where we go with you know with the Freedom Journal to focus on that for a second is you know, your big goal might have been the 225 or the 500, but you knew you had to get somewhere first, and that's why you would do those 10-day sprints, those micro goals to get you 10% of the way down the road every single 10 days to that big goal at the end, that 100-day goal. So can you kind of talk maybe about specifically what's some of the inflection points have been for you on this journey specifically with the email because for every single business owner this is really huge I mean, you know for the longest time and actually just two days ago Amy was Amy Porterfield was on EO fire talking about goals And we talked a little bit about her going from Facebook as specific to really saying hey It's all about the email subscribers like she really made a big shift in her business So this is really important for fire nation. I think to really get so can you talk about some inflection points that you found during your journey of getting to first 10,000 and now 225,000 subscribers?
1: Sure, I can think of two in particular from the journey from zero to 10. And um, the first inflection point was the willingness to make it less about the number and more about the process. So for me, that meant writing twice a week, every Monday and every Thursday. Um, I wrote in public about, or sorry, in private, about habits and behavior change For the first year, Um, I was just collecting my ideas and different research that I come across on habits and how I was putting ideas into practice in my own life and what I was learning from experimenting with habits. And eventually that document got to be like 60 pages long. And I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. I need to just publish (laughs) something publicly. Right. But I was a big wimp about it. I was, you know, I was like, oh, it's not ready yet. People won't like what I have to say, whatever. So um, November 12th, 2012 was the day that I first published an article on JamesClear.com. And it was also the day that I set my Monday, Thursday publishing schedule. And that was a huge inflection point in my business and looking back now in my life. Um, Because committing to that level of consistency is what drove all the results that came afterward. The second inflection point that I can think of came six months in. So for the first three months, I just focused on building the habit of writing of just showing up consistently. And I knew that if I had some articles, you know, a little bit of traffic would start coming in and I'd develop a little bit of an audience, even if it wouldn't become some huge thing. I just knew that was essential. Then after I crossed that three month mark, I started trying to promote things a little more because I was like, all right, I'm showing up every week. I need to make sure that this stuff is getting out there. Um, So, you know, I started reaching out to different media organizations that could, you know, maybe republish something from me or doing interviews like this one. I was reaching out to a lot of podcasters, trying to figure out ways to like get the word out and get in front of people. Um, And it's hit a tipping point or an inflection point at about six months in when I was uh, three months in. Let's see. Yeah. Three months in, I think I had about 3000 subscribers. Six months in, I had about 6000 subscribers. And in the seventh month, I added another six. So I went from 6,000 in the sixth month to 12,000 after seven months. And then by the time we hit the end of the first year, it was like 33 or 34 or something like that. No, it might've been 40. Um, and then by the end of the second year, it was at a hundred. And then in this last 12 months, we've added like 120. So it's gone from 35 or 40 in year one to a hundred at the end of year two to, you know, to 25 at the end of year three. Um, and that inflection point—it really has never slowed down from that six-month moment. It's just continued to, to grow and grow. And now we're adding—I don't know—somewhere between fifteen and twenty thousand a month. Um, and that uh, what? Ch- so the, I think the natural next question is: All right, what changed? Like, what what caused that to happen? Well. I think uh, there are a couple things. So one, that was when I started to accumulate a fair amount of content. So I would begin to start ranking in Google and, you know, there was just like a little bit of a snowball effect. So that was part of it. Um, And then the next thing that happened was I really focused on building some of those major media relationships so that I was getting quality traffic driven back to my site and not just me tweeting it or sharing it on Facebook or something and hoping that people would magically find it. Um, you know, if Entrepreneur Magazine ran an article for me, then that would drive a significant number of people. Or if Business Insider would cover something, then that would drive a fair amount of people back. So, or being
0: um, on EO Fire,
1: yes, or being on <laughs> uh, being on Entrepreneur on Fire would drive a ton of people back. <laughs> But yeah, so those uh, it was it was the step up in promotional efforts that led to that uh, that led to that change. But at the same time, you can't lose the quality of the work and none of the you can have an infinite amount of promotion. um, But if you don't have anything to back it up, it's not going to stick. I think a great analogy for that is um, I recently was talking about book launches and I heard this analogy of sometimes a book can either be a brick or a feather, you know, bricks. You can like toss them up and make a big splash, but they fall right back down real quick. But with a feather, you toss it up there with a big promotional push and it tends to float and hang for a while. And you know, whether you're launching a, a book or a product or a website or a podcast. You want it to be a feather, right? You want to, like, put a lot of energy behind it and then just let it sit up there and downloads and customers and subscribers keep rolling in time after time, day after day. Um, You know, if you don't have any substance behind your uh, your product, then it's just going to end up being like a brick where you push it in the beginning and then spikes and falls immediately after the next week or two.
0: Such great Takeaways, Fire Nation, I really want you to understand the power of the compound effect of the back catalog. You know, now that I have 1,200 episodes, now that James has done, you know, hundreds and hundreds of newsletters, which are also posts on his um, websites that are now being ranked, all of these things, this back catalog, this is what gives you that compounding effect. that just helps to grow your podcast, your newsletter, your website exponentially. So it's so critical. What's really funny, James, actually, is it was my six months. Month point with EO Fire that I hit my inflection and I had made zero dollars through the first six months. In month seven, boom, that was my first five figure month with EO Fire. Wow. So it was interesting that there was a very similar time, but I think it goes back to James being very consistent with his publishing, me being very consistent with the publishing of the podcast. So really think about that. And James, this is just real quick and not to get too woo woo, but I'm just curious, like, how did it actually feel that month seven where you said, man, like, I got got 6,000 subscribers this month alone. I've hit my year goal by month seven. Like how'd that feel?
1: Yeah, it felt great. Um, you know, I can remember I, it was actually close to the time that WDS happened. Uh, so I was, I can remember hanging out with a lot of people in our crowd and, you know, just sort of seeing people in person and talking about things and, you know, everybody always asks how, how things are going and stuff. Um, but, uh, honestly, I, I think the way that I felt aside from excited and, you know, and, and grateful that it was happening is all right. Well, you know, like, it's not like I'm done, right. I, I, it's not like I'm a finished product or something like I still have a lot to learn and a lot to improve upon. So it was like, all right, what's next? Um, and so I think more than anything, it invigorated me to continue working hard. Um, and, you know, if we're being honest about it, I, I mean, anybody can have a goal. Mm. It's it's not the goal that's hard to do. Um, it's the process and the commitment and the habits that make it a reality. So for me, it felt kind of um, it felt validating to see results from the long-term process that you stick to. And it also reinforced the importance of committing to the process and trying to build a system rather than getting wrapped up in, in some kind of particular result, you know, like to give a non-business example, Anybody can have a weight loss goal, right? Anybody can want to lose 20 pounds or 40 pounds or whatever it is. But uh, you have to fall in love with going to the gym and the willingness to like show up and do an exercise when it's boring or when it's uh, not exciting. Basically, no matter what the endeavor is, whether it's health and fitness or business or creativity, relationships are the same way. Um, You have to fall in love with doing the quiet work that nobody's going to praise you for because it's all of that work that happens in that in-between space in between the inflection points and in between the results that makes that makes the result happen at all. Um, you know, none of those victories would be there to enjoy if it wasn't for all the quiet work that came before it. And so I think more than anything, I felt, um, reassured that that quiet work was worth it and that falling in love with the boredom of, you know, doing your craft and approaching things in a, in a craftsman like manner, Was totally worth it.
0: Falling in love with the boredom, Fire Nation, and James. Listening to you, it sounds like you just have it all together, and you know that's (laughs) that's pretty awesome. But I do want you to give us just a quick snapshot, and let's make this quick. But share with Fire Nation your biggest weakness and your biggest strength.
1: I mean, certainly, first of all, I just want to put that myth to rest (laughs) that I have it all together. I mean, there are all sorts of things that that we all struggle with, right? And like I try to make that a central portion of my work, a central part of my message is that I'm not a guru or some expert that has it all figured out. Um, I'm just someone who's trying to learn the best I can. Uh, and I'm going through this with you. And I just want to share the lessons that I come across. And I actually think that that makes the messaging more powerful and more important because, uh, well, one, it's relatable. Like nobody wants to talk to someone who thinks they're perfect. Um, but two, <laughs> Uh, you have to, you know, it's kind of like having a goal, actually, if we for t- thinking about it this yeah. way. So having an opinion is hard. Having a, a good, validated, well-researched opinion is difficult. But if we're being honest, anyone can share an opinion. It's not that hard to write about what you think. Um, now, to write well about it, certainly that's a skill. But what's even harder than having a good opinion is putting it into practice. And so I think it's important for me to fail, to fail as a weightlifter, to fail with a personal habit, like for example, uh, going to sleep at a good hour. I don't cheat myself on sleep, but man, I stay up late working a lot and I like struggle with that. Um, so having these personal failures, I think is really important because it makes my work better. You know, it's easy for anybody to give some kind of life advice, but then not have to put it into practice (laughs) for me to realize how hard it is to do these things in the real world. I think that makes the, the message more compelling and more useful for the people who read. Cause it's like, look, I get it. We all, we all struggle with these things.
0: Yeah. And I loved your article on intermittent fasting and specifically where you said like, Hey, if it's 11 PM some night, like, and I'm at a game and I'm, and I'm hanging out with the boys, I'm going to have a beer and a pizza. Like, I'm going to do that. And then, you know, I'll just push my, my start of when I start feasting the next day back a few hours and, and I'll get back into the rhythm. And that's what life's about. It's about adjusting, pivoting, firing, getting things down and just. Again, Fire Nation, enjoying life. And James is definitely enjoying life. And he's about to enjoy the freedom round. But we're going to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. When it comes time to file your federal and state taxes, do you ever feel like you're recreating the wheel? So many questions, so many boxes, so many numbers. With Tax Act, you can rest assured that you're getting the best deal in tax. For starters, TaxAct Act has a few guarantees and pledges that they make to their customers, like their maximum refund pledge, their price lock guarantee, and their 100% accuracy guarantee. Tax Act will even walk you through maximizing over 300 tax credits and deductions in order to get your your best tax outcome, save money and get your maximum refund guaranteed. TaxAct makes preparing and filing your taxes quick, easy and affordable. So why wait? You can start anywhere and finish anytime on your computer, tablet or smartphone. Don't pay more for the same forms, features and functionality. If your deal is getting the best deal, visit taxact.com/fire and get simple federal and state returns free. taxact.com/fire. You got this. James, are you prepared for the Freedom Rounds?
1: I'm ready. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) Why do you feel that most entrepreneurs fail to set SMART goals?
1: People are too focused on outcomes and not focused enough on the process.
0: What is the most important action that entrepreneurs can take once they've set a goal?
1: Decide if scope, time, or quality is going to be the restrictive measure that you base everything on.
0: What is one action that you take daily that brings you closer to your current goals?
1: Writing. Writing is thinking, and thinking is everything in business. You need to have writing if you want to have good thoughts and good strategy.
0: So is there a book that you've read recently that you think would help Fire Nation in their journey of setting and accomplishing goals?
1: Yes, I'm reading it right now. It's called Poor Charlie's Almanac. It's by Charles Munger, who is the business partner of Warren Buffett. Uh, it's really long. It's terribly designed. It weighs like 50 pounds. Yes. Um, it's huge, but it's incredibly well done and it's filled with all sorts of great decision-making knowledge.
0: I love it. And Fire Nation, I know you love audio, so I teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. And James, I want to end today on Fire with a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Sure. So my parting piece of guidance would be to take some type of action based on this interview. Uh, it's really easy to listen to people talk about their businesses and the advice that they want to provide. And certainly I I don't have any delusions that everything that I say is going to be a perfect fit for you, but take one thing that resonated with you and actually do something about it rather than just continually, you know, being trapped in the cycle of learning. Um, Best way to connect with me, jamesclear.com. You can uh, sign up for the newsletter if that interests you and check out some of the other things that I've written. And uh, I have links to you know social media profiles and email and all that stuff on there as well. So if you want to reach out, you're welcome to. Thanks so much for listening.
0: Well, can you give us a little teaser about something that you're pretty excited about coming up here in 2016?
1: Yes, uh, I just signed a major book deal with yes. Penguin, uh, Penguin Random House, so I'm excited to have them as the publisher, and uh, hopefully we'll have something really great to, to share with you all soon.
0: And I'm just guessing, but probably a great way to stay up to date with that is on the newsletter.
1: Yeah, for sure. Newsletter subscribers will absolutely know about it. That's, uh, that's definitely the best place to go uh, if you want to stay in the loop and, and find out when the book is released.
0: Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with JC and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type James in the search bar. All three of his EO Fire episodes will pop up. None to be missed. I mean, episode 17, hello, that'll be awesome. <laughs> and James, I want to say thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today for that We salute you, brother, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit EOFire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. It's time to share your voice and message with the world, and our free podcast course will show you the way. Text podcast course all one word, to 33444 and IGNITE.